Praise the Lord. I'm on now. <laughs> well, I thank Lord Jesus for leaving heaven to come and die for me. I think if I was the only person on earth, he would have still done it for me. That's how good his love is. Um, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that you are always with us. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us all the time. And we thank you that you promised that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Father God, as I preach your word, I pray that all of us will be lifted up, will be encouraged, and Father, that will draw closer to you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. There are, can we have the lights on, please? Today, we're going to play hooky. I did not know. You know, I've heard people say the word hooky, but I was kind of scared. I thought it meant something bad. So I had to ask my mother-in-law and my wife to explain to me what hooky means. She said that, they said that hooky means when mom and dad are not home, the children do what they want to do. I mean, not necessarily something bad, but certain rules you just kind of deviate from the norm. And so today, the lights are going to be on. And we are going to look into the Bible. So, I may point at you if you have a nice hairdo and say, read. Okay? All right. See? He said he cut his hair. So, all right. We're going to talk today about the relationship between a father and a spiritual son. We have all heard about Paul. And we've all heard about Timothy. You know, Paul, I read some stories about Paul when he was in jail. And I was a young man when this man preached. And I think he did a research and he said that Paul, the jail that they had Paul in, was where the city Siwa went through. That's the kind of jail he was in. The sewer of the city ran through the jail. Yes. But when we talk about suffering, Paul really suffered. But I'm so glad for what Arthur said. Most times, when everything is going good, we are tempted to believe that God is with us. Because everything is going good. But what about when things are not going good? Do you realize that Paul, from the beginning of his uh, ministry to the very end, everything was going bad for him? They beat him up. They stoned him. His countrymen were trying to kill him. He was in a shipwreck. I mean, if that was happening to our pastor today, we would say, you are in the wrong ministry, pastor. You need to change. Honestly. But you realize that Paul just went on fighting. Just went on fighting. And then toward the end of his life, he was in jail. And he knew he was about to die. And so he was writing letters to the different churches. He was writing, uh, um, he, he connected with Timothy so much that he wrote Timothy a letter. Two letters for that matter. Wrote Timothy and was telling Timothy what to do. Do you know what his greatest concern was? 
Paul was under the impression that, you know what? It's possible that the messages that God has given me could be changed, could be thwarted. Because during his days, the church of Ephesus was preaching heresy. He heard about it while he was in jail. So he sent Timothy. I want you to go set things straight. So he had this relationship with, he trusted Timothy so much. But I mean, Paul did some things that when I first heard about it, it, it kind of shocked me. Uh, go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy 1. Uh, we're going to start from verse 13. But before we do that, I want somebody to turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Um, Chris, can you go ahead and read just the first three verses of Acts chapter um, 16? I told you I was going to call on you if you have a good hairdo. Yes. So you better get your Bible. Did you hear that? He heard about Timothy. This young man, can you imagine? He just came to this city and he was hearing a lot of good things about this young man. And so Timothy, uh, Paul took on to Timothy. But what sort of shocked me over there, and again, I mean, we have to sort of read in between the line. I don't think Paul came to Lystra today and the very next day and decided to circumcise Timothy. How would you feel? So you don't know somebody. And then they come, you know, they took a liking to you and say, okay, the next job now is to circumcise you. You say, are you crazy? <laughs> but in those days, the Jews, Paul had to contend with the Jews. They said, you cannot be right with God until you are circumcised. And Paul knew that circumcision is nothing. He said it in Galatians. That does not bring you closer to God. However, he was sent to preach the gospel. If it's with a Gentile, he will live like a Gentile. Not in sin, but just, you know, there are cultural things they do. Some cultural things they do. When he's with the Jews, the Jews say you must wash your hands before you eat. You have to be circumcised and all of that. So Paul decided to circumcise Timothy because he knew that they would be going to Jewish temples. And the first accusation they were going to bring against Paul he brought an uncircumcised man into the house of God. So that's what he did. But why did he take it upon himself to invest so much into this young man? Now, let us go to 2 Timothy 1.13. Paul said, in 2 Timothy 1.13, what you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Let's look at that first verse. 
what you heard of me, keep. If somebody tells you to keep something, there has to be a reason why you want you to keep. Why would you want to keep something? I mean, if they give you $10,000 right now and they say, watch it. Is the dashboard of your car the right place to keep it? Why not? It's valuable, right? And what else could happen? Somebody is going to break in your car and take it. Don't you think we have an enemy who wants us not to believe the things that God has said about us? He said, keep. In fact, that's not the only thing he said. If you look at verse 14, he says, God, the good deposit that was entrusted to you. God. I mean, these are military words. If somebody say, God, you, in your mind, you'll be thinking about somebody with some AK-47 or some Uzi guarding the place. That's what the Bible says here. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. So, there are things that God has given us that we need to guard. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm not here to bring you down, but I'm here. And I thank God for allowing me, for giving me the opportunity to say to you some of the things I'm about to say. But it's not to bring you down. If someone, that is our Bible, the word of God to us, if God is telling you to guard, to keep, it means you can lose it. Whatever God has given you, you could lose it. Well, let's go back. Way yonder. What happened to Adam? He was given everything. Did he lose it? Look at the mess we're in today. It's all his fault. Now, most of you really thought it was Eve's fault. But it's not true. It was Adam's fault. Okay? So, if God is telling us in the New Testament, keep and guard the good things that's been given unto you, it means there is an enemy out there who is looking for an opportunity to steal from you the things that God has given you. God has given you promises to live by. God has, um, God sent his son Jesus to die for you on the cross. And God said that he will never leave you, not forsake you. Don't you think that there is someone who does not want you to believe that promise? And let me tell you how he will have you not to trust that promise. He will tempt you. He will tempt you in a way that you will say or do things that will prick your conscience. And do you know that as soon as you prick your conscience, you lose your confidence? Did you know that? There are a lot of promises God has given you. But as soon as you want to trust that promise... Do you know what the devil said to you? God can do it, but not for you, because you don't measure up. 
That's what he will say. But brothers and sisters, we are in a battle. Not that we are supposed to fight. The fighting was done for us. We're supposed to enjoy the victory. But in you enjoying that victory, God wants you to hold on to certain things he's given you. Now, if you tell me, I want you to walk from maybe for five miles, you have to just make sure. I will give you one million dollars. All you have to do, make sure no dust touches you. That money will become yours. Is that possible? Will I be able to walk for one mile without dust settling on me? It's not possible. Now, brothers and sisters, that's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. He wants you to believe that God told you, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. Don't. And when you do it, then he will say, you are not good enough. And as long as you believe that you are not good, you can't get anything from God, you know what will happen? That is exactly where he wants you to be. But how can you handle that? When he brings that to your mind, you know what you say? That's true. I can't do it. Somebody did it for me. Jesus did it for me. So when you come to God, you come to God through Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we are living on planet earth where the Bible says the devil is the God of this world. And because he's the God of this world, there is no way you are going to walk on planet earth to where thoughts will not come to your mind. Where you, you, you probably said something this morning before you came to church, you regret. That is exactly where the devil wants you to be. But please, don't sit and brood over it. What you want to do when the devil brings to your mind anything that you've done in the past, just say, that was taken care of by my Lord Jesus. You know, let me tell you something. I have seen on television where people talk about God as if we can really relate to God. It is impossible for you to relate to God without Jesus. Jesus came as a human being so that you can relate to God. For you to think you can go to God without Jesus, you are fooling yourself. You cannot walk the Christian walk successfully without Jesus. So when you come to God, just come to God through Jesus. The devil can't handle that. But if you begin to look about on your Bible reading, you did not read your Bible. You did not pray today. Oh God, let me tell you. You will never be able to measure up. Because God demands 100%. You think if I do 99.9%, that will please God? No! That will not please God. What pleases God is what Jesus did. That's why he said, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. When you come to the Father, just come to the Father through Jesus. When you do, you, there's nothing you need to fear. You don't need to be afraid of anything. Uh, there are some words that we are used here. Uh, Paul said, he did not only said, hold fast the form of sound words. Hold fast. Hold fast. Sound words. You know why it's so important for you to get acquainted with God through the Bible? Because, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, did it, uh, there, there is so much going out there. There's so much voices out there. Did you hear recently they said the world was going to end on September the 23rd? Did you all hear about it? 
Yeah, they said the 23rd. The only people who were afraid are those who are not holding on to the word of God. I heard that people were panicking. You know, I heard it on TV and all of that. I said, this is complete nonsense. We listen to more, more to what people say on television than to what these people sitting out there. They, they don't even believe our God. They don't believe in Jesus. But yet when they say something, people are panicking everywhere. If you don't hold on to sound doctrine, you will be tossed about with all types of foolishness. I think in 1988, they said the world was going to end. It did not end. Well, the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, who is sitting at the right hand of the Father, said, I don't know when that time will be. So these scientists, or whatever you call them, psychic, they know. They know more than the Son of God. He said only the, uh, his Father knows the day and the time. So hold on to sound doctrine. Don't be tossed about with all this stuff they are saying. So, Timothy is being exhorted by Paul to hold on to sound words. To hold on to sound doctrine. And he said, um, he said, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love. Excuse me. You know, faith and love are the same coin with different sides. I know some people pray for faith. If you pray for faith from now till judgment day, it will not come. You know why? Because when you receive Jesus as your Savior, the Holy Spirit brought faith in your heart. God has given to every man the measure of faith. Yes. When you receive Jesus as your Savior, you have faith. What about love? Some people pray, God, give me love. I can't love this person. That's not going to happen. You can pray from now till judgment day. God is not going to give you love as you are praying. What you lack is knowledge of what he's given you. The Bible says that God has shed his love in your heart according to Romans 5.5. 5. God has already shared his love in your heart. So what about this person at work who is doing terrible things to you, who is saying bad things to you, about you, behind your back? How can I love that person? You have the love. You just need to exercise it. You really do. You have plenty love in your heart. And it is love that will win people. When they do bad things to you, Jesus said, do good things to them. Pray for them. So you have love, you have faith. And that's what that scripture is saying. Uh, because you have love and faith, you will be able to do the things that God has told you to do. And he also said in verse 14, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in you. So, we, we can see that Paul, at, toward the end of his life, he is really concerned, will this message continue? Will this message continue? But he trusted that young man. He believed that that young man, Timothy, will be able to carry on the message that God put on his heart and he has passed on to Timothy. Um, 
Timothy was a young man who had some fear in him. I think he did not have a lot of confidence to start with. But Paul invested so much in Timothy that actually he was sending Timothy from church to church. Go and strengthen this church. Because he was in jail. He couldn't go. Isn't that a beautiful thing to know? That there is something good in you. You would love to pass it on to your children. I mean, we should all have that desire. That what you have in you, you want to pass it on to someone. I mean, guys, Pastor John is not going to be here forever. One day he's going to go home to meet his Lord. Who is going to take over? Um, uh, Becky plays the piano so beautifully. But Becky, how long are you going to live? 200 years? No. One day he's going to go to heaven where he will join the... I mean, one day she's going to go to heaven where she will join the choir. Right? I mean, I don't know. But we are not going to live here forever. So it is every creation, it is creation's desire or human being's desire to pass on the good things that's been put in us. And that's simply what Timothy, uh, Paul was doing to Timothy. He want to pass on. And you know what happened? It turned out to, to, to be that because Paul wrote all these letters, his concerns, his, his, uh, the people he wanted to develop. Do you see today we have a Bible from those letters that were written? We can read the Bible. And when we read the Bible, it will help us understand our relationship with God better. The Bible will, will help us see the things that God has given us. We can get to a place. Our relationship with God can be so developed that... When you go to pray to God, you will not be begging God for anything. Because you will be able to see in the Bible that he has given you the things you need for planet earth. The promises, the Bible says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. So God has given us these things. But you know what? You have to dig. You have to dig. You have to look in the Word. Do you all know why I decided to turn the lights on so that we can look in, in our Bibles for some of these scriptures? We live in a culture where if we are not careful, we can go the whole week without opening our Bibles. And sometimes the only scripture we read is what the pastor put up here. But you can live like that if you want to have a good relationship with your father. It's a relationship that's beautiful. And I want to really encourage you, as Paul was encouraging Timothy, open your Bible and read. If you don't open your Bible and read, that is exactly what the enemy wants because you will not know what belongs to you. If you don't know what belongs to you, he's fine. In fact... Once you begin to find out what belongs to you, attacks start coming from everywhere. You know, somebody said, to swim up a stream requires what? Energy, right? 
What about if you just lay down and let it, let it, the, the, you go downstream? Do you have to swim? No, you just relax and you go down. As long as you are relaxed, you don't know you're right. That's exactly what the devil wants. He will leave you alone. Yeah, he will leave you alone. But as soon as you start knowing your rights and you start resisting him with the word of God, he doesn't want that. But don't let that deter you. If he attacks you, don't let that deter you. Remember, the Lord Jesus said in uh, Luke ten nineteen, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, when the Bible says that, some people think you don't suffer. No. Paul was suffering in jail. Do you know that there's, there, today, I'm talking about there's going to come a time. No, today, when you tell people that Jesus is the only way, what do they say to you? You are narrow-minded. You, you think yours is the only way. And all of that. I mean, people talk about you. I watched the Oprah show one time. And... Some lady, some Christian lady will say, yes, Jesus is the only way. I mean, Oprah and all those people got on that lady. What about the Buddhist? What about the Muslim who doesn't believe Jesus? They, everybody just got... I'm, I, that, it's been over 15 years since I watched the Oprah show. No, honestly. It's been a long time. When I saw that, I mean, they, everybody pounced on that lady because she said, Jesus said, he's the only way, the truth, and the life. Nobody can go to God except through him. And today, when you say that, people start like, what's wrong with you? You think yours is the only one? Yeah. You have to get to a place where you hold on to sound doctrine. I have gotten to a place, where, you know, I have, I have a Muslim background. And when I was in Islam, we believed that ours is the best. Right? You come to the Christians, theirs is the best. You go to the Buddhists, theirs is the best. Everybody got the best. So what do we do? So many best. But if you just do a little research, you begin to see the difference. For example, the Muslims actually said that the Quran came from heaven. First, they said true angels, and one day, one guy, he did not realize that I was a Muslim at one time. He said, the Quran came from heaven and dropped. I said, wow, really? But you know, the Quran says God has no son. But they say God wrote it. Well, you come to the Bible, the Bible says, I have a son, my beloved son, Jesus. So one of these books is lying. One of this book is lying. How are you going to find out which one is the truth? When you see a Muslim, don't argue with the Muslim. Just love him and leave him alone. There is no point. Because they said the angel Gabriel brought the message down and gave it to the prophet Muhammad. We believe that holy men inspired by God wrote the Bible. So, God wrote the Bible. God wrote the Quran. But God said here, I have no son. And here, I have a son. What kind of God is he? God of confusion. 
I have met some Muslim brothers. That's what I will tell them. I said, look, I'm not going to tell you what to believe. I know the one I believe. If you really want to know the truth, take the Bible, take the Quran, put it down, begin to read, page to page, and go to God. God, help me. This book says yours is true. Uh, uh, you wrote this book. You wrote this book. But one of them is lying because one you cannot contradict yourself in that way. I have a son. I don't have a son. Something is wrong. You go, if you are really seeking the truth, God will reveal himself to you. And there were really some Muslim scholars who did that. They took the Quran, they took the Bible, begin to go live to live. By the time they were done, they became Christians. So your book is alive. Read your book. Read your letter. It's a love letter. Read it and find out. Spend your time in the New Testament. See what this man, Paul, is explaining or saying to his spiritual son. These are the things you are supposed to do. Whole family to, uh, to sound doctrine. Don't be tossed about with every type of doctrine that comes around. Don't be afraid. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and the sound mind. You have to do that. You know, uh, there's an old saying. There's an old saying. They said you can take a cow to the creek, right? But you cannot force it to drink. Now, God gave you the Bible. There's one thing God is not going to do. God gave you water. Will he bathe you? Will God bathe you? God is not going to give you the water and come and bathe you, okay? Just in case you don't know that. What about the food? The rice is there. Okay. Who made electricity? God actually made electricity. It was there all this time. Man found a way to harness the power of electricity. Now, suppose you need power. You build your house. You need power. The electric company brings the wire, put it in, and then you sit there, you call them. In the evening, it's dark. Why is my light not on? What would they say? Did you turn the switch on? Uh, no, I did not turn the switch on. You need to come turn the switch on for me. What would they say? They probably will call 911 and say, something wrong with that nuts over there. <laughs> power has been given to you. You don't need to pray for God send the power. No. Love is in your heart. You don't need to pray. God, give me love. Faith is in your heart. Joy is in your heart. Peace is in your heart. You don't need to pray. Father, give me peace. All you need is read the book and realize that you have peace. And if you begin to say, Father, I thank you for giving me peace in the name of Jesus. I thank you for giving me the Prince of Peace. Once you begin to do that, you begin to agree with God, you know what will happen? Peace will explode in your heart. You're talking about joy? Just begin to praise God for joy and see what happens. Read Galatians 5. It will tell you the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, holiness. All of these things have been given to you already. Hold on to it. And enjoy the abundant life that God has given you. 
We are talking, in this series, we are talking about suffering, guys. I want you all to know the difference between the two. Don't let the devil bring some suffering. Something that has to do with maybe attack on your family and all of that and consider that suffering. No, God wants you to fight him off. But there is suffering that Christians go through, like persecution. Like Paul was going through. You need to know the difference between the two. And I will close with this, guys. I know that um, we have stood here and have said thank you very much for those of you who have encouraged us. We are going on the mission field and all of that. There is something God laid on my heart I really want to tell you all. Do you know who a domestic engineer is? Anybody here? You know a domestic engineer? Okay. Who is a domestic engineer? Okay, she's a domestic engineer, okay? A housewife is a domestic engineer. Now, some people are called to be housewives. Some people are called to be clerks. Some people are called to be nurses. I do not want you all thinking that because we say, oh, we are going for you to go there and feel bad. You say, oh, man, I wish... No, no, no. Be faithful where God has called you. Okay? No, honestly. Some of you, do you know that some of you have been called to raise children? You will raise probably the next president. Do you know that some of you have been called to take care of the sick? Do you know that when you just go and touch a sick person and say everything will be okay in the name of Jesus, that's your calling? So I don't want anybody to be discouraged and feel that, oh, I have to preach before I feel called. Oh, I have to... No, no, no. Where God has put you, just make sure you are faithful. He will promote you, little by little, gradually. So I just wanted to make that clear. But in closing, God has given you promises. Hold on to these promises. Uh, as we see here, at the bottom, it says, faithfulness, faithful and unfaithful brothers. In life, do you know that Paul spent all his days helping these unfaithful brothers? Do you know that when he was in jail, they abandoned him? They left him. And Paul was writing to Timothy and said, these brothers have left me. But there were some brothers there who were very faithful. Brothers and sisters, the only person who will let you down is the one you lean on. Okay? The only one who will let you down is the one you lean on. Learn to lean on Jesus. Even in your relationships. Because humans are humans. They will fail. But if you um, lean on Jesus, He will never let you down. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you. You are a good God. We thank you for what you've done to, for us through the Lord Jesus. We thank you that you did not leave us as orphans in this world. We thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to come and be with us all the time to lead us, guide us, direct us in the daily affairs of life. In this world, 
the Lord Jesus said there will be tribulation for us. But we should be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. We thank you, Father. You gave your best to us. We pray that we will give our best to you. Father God, we thank you for our pastor who is not here today. Father, we thank you that you are always with him. We thank you that wherever he is, he is an influence for you. Father God, as we go out of here today, we pray that we will recognize that you have given us all things that pertains to life and godliness according to your word. And because you've given us all of these things, we will be full of praises to you daily. Every day, every hour of the day, we'll just continually thank you. We'll just continually praise you. Father God, we know that you've given us things, promises to hold on to, and there's an enemy out there who does not want us to believe you. But Father, we choose to believe you in the name of your Son. We choose to believe you because the Bible says every man can be a liar, but God will never lie. Father, we hold on to your word. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God.